Today's episode is made possible by Gallery 101, a remarkable art gallery nestled in the heart of Basalt, Colorado. Gallery 101 is co-owned by the talented twin artists Ingrid D. Magidson and Sybil Hill Carter, who together form a dynamic and influenced female force in the art world. Their extraordinary artwork has graced galleries across the nation. To explore their captivating creations and learn more about Ingrid and Sybil's artistic journey, visit their website at www.gallery101basalt.com. Again, and that's www.gallery101basalt.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hi, Bella. Hi, Irina. On today's episode, we are going to be talking to Ingrid and Jay Magidson. They are an art couple, and they have had a lot of success in the art world, and they're going to discuss their journey as an art couple and their struggles and successes and they're going to tell us their defining moments of mm-hmm. how they fell in love, how they, how they create art, the gallery that they used to own ups and downs, being a parents and all that good stuff. So welcome Ingrid D. Magidson and Jay Magidson. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So you ready to jump in? We're ready to jump in. We all have our teas. Yes. yes. We're gonna, are you going to spill some teas? Yes, we're going to spill tea today. Let's okay. do it. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, so let's start. You are an art couple, right? So you both create art. Ingrid is, um, you create art and Jay helps a lot with that. He is, as you call it, he is your big support system. So can you tell us how it is to be an art couple and, you know, support yourself financially just doing the art? Maybe go back and... Uh explain how I got into art in the first place, because I think you've interviewed Ingrid, and she can go further into that. Mm-hmm. Um, my father's an art dealer, and um, so I grew up in the arts, literally, surrounded by artists and art dealers and so on, in California, near San Francisco. And um, as a wee lad, I would take art books. These are like museum books about artists, uh, monographs, that they would call them. And one of them was Bruegel. And that's the, if anyone's not familiar with the artists, it's uh, people coming out of eggs and all these twisted looking things. And I thought this was fascinating. And I was preteens, and I would copy them and draw them. And I figured I was going to be an artist. And I wanted to be an artist. That was um, my goal until I was in my 20s and decided that I would follow my father and begin selling art. So... I studied art, and I drew constantly and painted. And so the, what that gave me was a, a, a deep understanding of artists, of what they went through, what the process was, and how difficult it is to look at a blank canvas and come up with ideas. And So I have a, a great empathy for artists. I love them. They're my favorite people in the world. And so um, then I got back to art dealing, and that's uh, made my way, yeah, made my way to Aspen, Colorado. I had Worked in New York and San Francisco and Europe for a time, Paris, and uh, went to school in Denmark. I've seen quite a lot of the world. And then settled in uh, New York to work with my father at his gallery and then later uh, to open a gallery in Aspen in 1990, late 1989. The gallery mm-hmm. opened in 1990 and moved there and opened the gallery. And that's then we fast forward to how I met Ingrid. So Ingrid came in. Uh, in the early 90s. I should know the year. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, she came in and she's <laughs> Typical wearing... Typical husband. Yeah, right. And so I came in, 
I mean, she came into the gallery. She's wearing a, and, 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 and the woman that was working there previously was just, she was a salesperson and she was done and quit. She was getting married and so I was shorthanded. And Ingrid walked in. She didn't know this. She was looking for a job and she was dressed in a blazer. I still remember this. With a, it had an emblem on the, uh, a crest on the, uh, on the lapel. And she walked in, and, and as soon as she walked in, I said, I don't remember if she said anything yet. And uh, Maybe she said, hello, I'm looking for a job, whatever. And I go, this is the woman I should be married to. Mm. And I just, you know, love at first sight. It really was. Ingrid maybe took a while, but for me, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my experience. And, that was so, sweet. Uh, so she told me about, well, I should let her tell the story, because uh, what, what happened? Why were you there? Oh, I was applying for a job. I was actually married to someone else at the time. And um, I just like to keep myself busy. And I was walking by the window. And I loved what Jay represented, the artists that he showed there. They just drew me in the modern and the um, experimental artists that were there. I love um, these certain periods. And I had seen other art galleries throughout Aspen, but they didn't draw me like that. There was, an intent, there was some kind of thing that was just drawing me in. So when I went in there... Um, I saw Jay, and he interviewed me. We actually ended up talking for about two and a half hours about so many things. And he at one point said, what is one of your favorite paintings? And I said, um, it was by Salvador Dali. It was called um, The Persistence of Time. And persistence of Memory. Persistence of Memory. And just one of my favorite pieces. I love surrealism. And we just had a nice conversation, and then he hired me, and he, we had, I had to go through the interviewing process. And I was living actually also in New York, part-time going back and forth. We interviewed, I met with his father, and um, it just, we got, I got, I got the job, and a couple of weeks in, I was realizing that um, this was the man I should be married to. I realized it, and he, I mean, I never, Jay never shared anything with me, because, you know, of course, he was being respectful, because I was married, but I was having problems, I didn't share that with him. Mm -hmm. um, um, I got separated and got divorced, but I remained working at the gallery, and Jay was always my best friend, he, my mentor. And we and I just was falling in love with him, and I kept thinking because I always had a feeling inside my my gut when I was a little girl. I thought the man that I marry, he's gonna be my best friend. And I know I always wanted two children. I know it was two boy, two boys or two girls, but I knew I wanted that. So all these things that you hear in the universe, these little voices. And I thought when I finally got there, I realized that I wasn't supposed to be with the other person, which of course didn't work out, and I was supposed to be with this, but. Um, people come into your life at different times in their life to help you lead you to where you're supposed to be. And um, I realized that I followed those instincts and I did not want to go to Aspen um, for personal reasons mm. um, because I heard about the glitz and the glamour. Of course, it's everywhere in the world. But I love the energy of the mountains and I thought I could lay my hat here. And of course, now, if you ask me, where is my home? Since I've lived in many different places, I've lived in Los Angeles, I've lived in New York. I was raised in Dallas, but Colorado is my home because home is where the heart is. And so I started working there, and I, a couple weeks, um, and I knew that this was the man I should be with. And it just started, it evolved um, for both of us. Um, and uh, then we got together, and um, I wasn't creating art at the time, but I was getting ideas, and um, we uh, ended up finding a poem where we still are in, and... Where are we doing the interview today? We're doing the interview today, yeah. and things evolved, and I told him about my ideas about creating art, because he knows I came from... Because I came from a family of artists, 
and I knew about the struggles of art, and I had mentioned that earlier. Um, and he said, why don't you try your ideas out? And he started, he, he asked me, what is it you need? And so I, well, am I moving too far jump, ahead? You're jumping ahead a little bit. We, okay. We, we, we worked together for years, of course, at the gallery before Ingrid became officially an artist. I think it was always in her heart, family's artist. Yes. Can we talk about like why you wanted to get a job? Well, I, it was actually, there were like some people that were visiting, um, and uh, they, I told them I wanted to work in an art gallery, and I never went to college. I never studied art. I don't have an art degree. And one of the co company, there were some people that were staying there, and they said, how do you expect to get an, uh, um, a, a job at a gallery? You don't have any, um, what is it? You don't have a degree. You don't have a degree. And I said, and I thought, and I always thought, I hate when people say I can't do anything, because I thought, well, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> That's so thank right. You. That, so I so I went in there and I ended up getting the job and it was so funny because we had to take him to the airport. They had to go back to New York. The cup, the company was visiting us, and she said, "So how did everything go?" I said, "Oh, I have the job." She was like, "Oh, congratulations!" I was like, "Thank you." And I had the exact same opinion of that, you know, art degree, because you can teach someone about art. Mm -hmm. You really can, and they or they have an innate love of art, and they, you can learn about that. You can't learn to be a great salesperson. It's a, it's, it's a, you, you can't, can, you can you learn can or you can't, you cannot, you can learn to be a good salesperson, but you cannot learn to be a great salesperson. It's a, it's a, it's a gift that God bestows on certain people. <laughs> Ingrid has this, her father has this, her sister has this, her mom has this, my father has this. I could be, I'm a good salesperson. I'm not a great salesperson. I recognize this. So I know the difference. So when Ingrid walked in, I go, okay, it's business. <laughs> this woman could sell. Because you can recognize that. And I was looking out for my business, of course, as I should. And so I, I said, uh, uh, she knew enough about art. She lived in New York. She understood art in general. And you could learn about the artists that I show, which were famous artists at that time, was Dolly and Chagall and, and Warhol. We had in the window, I remember that, and, uh, and Moreau and... Leibovitz. Yeah, Annie Leibovitz we showed. And, oh, you showed her at your gallery? Yes, nice. yes I did for years. Peter Max. Peter, well, briefly. And um, so anyway, so I knew she'd learn about the art. I, I had, uh, all the people I had hired were not, uh, were not art majors or art people. And so I said, well, they're salespeople. Do you think there is a difference between being a salesperson for the art, right, and being a salesperson, let's say, for car? Um, everybody loves to hate the, the car dealer, but I think that's a bit of a myth anymore because you know, you go there and you already know what you want. And, right. You know, I, I think they still play their games. But no, a, 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 good, a good salesperson is an educator of any, of any kind. You're selling cars, you're selling art, you're selling houses, whatever it is. You're leading the buyer to what they already want. Why are they there? Why do you walk into a gallery if you don't want art? So um, you're teaching them. You're an educator. You're saying this art has this. It talks to you. It'll look good in your home if it's, you know, that dirty little word decoration. But if that's if that's the goal, then you're leading, you're you're educating that person so they can find what they want. Yeah. A good salesperson teaches and then gets out of the way. Uh, if you push something, especially art, expensive items, a car, art, house, if you push it down someone's throat, they're gonna come. They're gonna go home the next day and regret it, and you're gonna it's gonna come back in your lap. And that's yeah. always a mistake, in my opinion, because then you lose a client, a potential client, forever. 
It's, so. Art speaks to you. It's so personal. Yes. It's 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 wonderful when they you see it when they, when it resonates with them how they feel. You can feel it touches them deeply. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's meant for them. And I always say, you know, go go to go back home. And if you're thinking about it, if you're dreaming about it, it's meant to, meant to be. And every so every once in a while, I give these little messages to people. Come back the next day or whatever, and they said, "You're right. I can't stop thinking about it. I have to have it." I'm like, okay, it was it's yeah. meant to and, be. And it's wonderful too collect art because you don't need it. I mean, you don't need it like you need a house and food and all those other things. You need it because it feeds your soul. So it's the one, most wonderful thing to to connect with. I believe a connected a collector with the artist. And now I've been on both sides and mm-hmm. yeah. probably... Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful description of a salesperson that I've never heard because when in my mind, when I think about sales, it's somebody, you know, when you walk in, Again, whatever you buy, right? Somebody's after you because they yeah. need that com- commission, right? right? And yes, they're making money. But if you, right, even how beautifully you said, Ingrid, I tell them, you know, you tell them everything about that piece. And then they, if they are not sure, you say, go home, right? You don't say, well, if you walk out, you know, right. somebody no. else, you just tell them you go. And if you think about it, come back, it's such a, that was probably the best description of a salesperson that I've heard in a while. I used to work in sales, very different, so and I hated it because I'm not a salesperson. Not a good one, not a poor one. I don't like it. Well, here, here's this dirty little secret. We're all salespeople. Everything in life is sales. Whether you're trying to sell yourself to get a job, you're selling yourself to get a loan, you're you know, selling yourself to get a date, it's sales. You're telling. You're talking about yourself. You're selling yourself. It's sales. True. Yeah. We all sell. We can do it at some capacity. But anyways, yeah. So so I started working for Jay, and I loved it. I loved being in the art world and and um, and meeting these people and these collectors. And there was um, it was different from being working retail. I I did work retail for many years, and I remember there was a different respect from the collectors and the people that walked in mm-hmm. um, because. It's a different knowledge, and it's a different it's a different type of sell. In a way, it is. It is. It's um, it's something higher, and I always felt that. But when I worked for Jay after um, I got separated, um, Jay and I started dating, and I we just we were we just it just got better and better, and we bought our first house, and um, we moved, and I knew I wanted children, and he did too. So we had the same kind of agreements, and we just it was always. It was always we were always like two strong pillars. I always felt like we had these same things we wanted. Um, uh, we just had goals that we wanted. Mm. And I don't know how fast how fast forward are we going here? Hold on, I actually wanted to go back. Okay, you probably know that story. But so you started working for Jay. How long did it take for you guys to start dating? So I so and who a, made the first move? So I made the first move because you know men are so stupid. They just like hello. I'm like going. I'm in love with you, and you're you're like. Do you get it? And he's like. He said this to me. Am I allowed to say this? He said I'm not going to shit and work in the same place. And I'm like, what does that mean? He was like, he's like, you you work here. He goes, I can't do both. And I was like, well, we're such great friends. And some collectors would come in and they would say. You two should be together. You guys have such great energy. You're so dynamic. We would go out and, and he talked. He was dating, you know, he was dating some people or whoever. And, Somebody and, I, was da- and I started dating some things. And he would, and every time I would date someone, he would come back and say, you know, he goes, that person's just not good enough for you. Or, you know, someone did something that kind of was upsetting and he would go and smash the wall in the gallery and he'd go walk out all mad. And I was like, going, wow, I guess he really digs me, you know? So it was like, you know, it was first, then I had to wake up and then one night we went out and we were hanging out with a, 
uh, an artist friend. It was so, it was one of the artists that we represented. Remember we went out dancing and we were all getting drunk and I looked at him and I was like, I went outside and he comes over and goes, you okay? And I grabbed him and I put my tongue down his throat. Oh God. Does my daughter want to hear oh, this? Yeah, she's all and I was like, hello, baby. Nice. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, <laughs> I said, I'm I go, I'm in love with you. You know, wake up, dude. Smell the roses. So that was the, the the defining moment. The defining yeah, moment. You know, you have to go back a, a hair. Is, is, Isabella is under the table trying to yeah. not hear. So just to give myself some credit for not being a complete moron. But I was and am. But it was uh, you know, you, we were very good friends. We were best friends. And we were, you know, we spent every day together. We were sharing, most days we're together. sharing stories, intimate stories. stories about our lives and, and our own personal history. And, uh, and you become close in over a year or two years or something. Well, I don't remember exactly how long. And you become very good friends. And then the romantic part sometimes feels like it's difficult to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. So that was my hesitation. I wasn't. So stupid. Oh, okay. Well, I am pretty stupid. <laughs> okay, That's, Jay. Well, well. So does that help? Does that that, that helps. I just, I just love love stories. You know, and how, and when did you know, and and how, and there was, a, there was, there was a completeness when I was with them. You know, I have it. Having an identical twin, it was nice. She wasn't here, and and then we just, I felt very, very complete with him, and it was nice having the same kind of. Um, interest and and what we wanted um but as far as creating art i i wasn't there yet um so you know we started working and evolving and got the house and started having we had our first beautiful little angel isabella (laughs) say the cat's name (laughs) so to get put it in time perspective we got married in 1996 in june and um so i I think we met about three years before that yeah 1991 92 so yeah yeah and then so it was yeah. about three years, so yeah. we had a good, a long time to get to know each other. So it wasn't a okay. Was, so what? It wasn't it wasn't quick. You became no. friends. I like oh, that. We, 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 you know, and I always say this. I, I was saying this to my children. I said it's nice to find start out as friends. You know, and sometimes people jump into a relationship too quickly. Um, they get get um, physical too quickly. Step back and get to know that person. And yeah, and you know, it it really it's been. It's, it, that's was so helpful for us. And, and Ingrid and I, I believe we agree on this. I don't want to speak for her, but friendship is something. It's, it is, it is a type of love, and mm. you, um, it lasts through through the difficult parts of any marriage or relationship because there are difficult moments. Nobody's going to argue with that. No. And 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 the friendship is you. You're honest with your friends. You take care of them. If there's trouble, you get them out of that trouble. Yeah. You know, and um, and here we are. When you're dear friends, that's what lasts. Yes, I I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. But I want to know when you started dating, because she she Ingrid, you work at the gallery, and then times go by, you start dating. Did the working relationship change at all? Yes, it, in a, sure, it does in a positive way, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but it you're, but you you're also more. You know, when you're married, and, and it's 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 a difficult business. And it's best. It is a wonderful business. I mean, it's a wonderful career when it's working well. It truly, in my my opinion, for me or many people, it's the best thing. You're placing art, something that people love, in their homes. Mm-hmm. When it's bad, it's a money thing. It's difficult. You don't know what people like. Maybe it's not selling. You spend a lot of money. And they don't buy things. It can get difficult. But it's it's so uh, so. What I, it's basic. What it was is one job. Because a lot of times it's not that busy. You just need one person there. We're basically sharing a job. Mm. And basically right now we share a job again. 
as an artist. Right. There's two people doing one job, if you will. And so that allowed us free time. And then when we, we had uh, children, Isabella first, of course, and we had Tegan two years after that, is that we took turns. So one person would go to the gallery and we would fight over who got to go to the gallery because <laughs> I, I got to get away from the kids. I need to be around adults. You know, <laughs> you change the diapers today. You pick up the vomit. And, uh, <laughs> oh, the joy of being. The joy but, of being. You know so no, it was great though. But, but Jay and I wanted to do, let me say that, but, we, but having children was such a huge deal. And Jay never really saw his father much growing up. And him and I both wanted to be at home and share that. Mm. So we created a life. And we knew it wasn't going to be, um, it was going to be a little, there's going to be struggles um, because the rent was so ridiculous in Aspen, <laughs> you know, when there were bad times, but we made it work and the universe always provided. And we, we, we have two beautiful children and there were struggles, but we were able to be at home with them. And that was the most important thing to me and Jay. It was so important for us to, to do that. And also, I think it was an inspiration for them to be around that because they see that we're, we pursued our love and our purpose here. And that's so important for everyone to know. You know, it wasn't about, I got to pay the bills, work, work really hard. There are struggles, but when you, yeah, when you find your purpose and everything. Bella, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. How did growing up with two artists inspired you and how does it shape you and being who you are today? Because I know you're very creative. <coughs> so how, how, did, how did your parents inspire you? Well, it was inspiring, but it was funny because when they were talking about how they would take turns going to the gallery, I remember coming home from school and like depending on who was at the gallery and who was at home was depending on like what type of food we'd get. Mark Deegan said the same thing like I remember I don't remember like what it was but maybe it was like my dad would give us the junk food or our mom would and it was like no you didn't so maybe dad let us eat like candy or something no it'd be more like mac and cheese and yeah like like we knew we were getting like mac and cheese and pizza so like when I knew my mom was gone and we would get off the bus I was like Deegan we're eating good tonight (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> yeah, that's a dad thing, I'm sure. That was fun. Oh, I didn't know that. But, but you but, love my food. I did well, love your food. It was so great as a parent. And, and I think for Isabel, maybe she agrees, but to have so much time with your kids um, from, from the day they're born until now, you just, you know, ha- at least half the time. And I think that's a gift, especially for fathers who typically carry the workload and don't see their kids every day. Mm-hmm. And they come home, they read them a book and go to bed. Uh, or maybe have dinner with them if they're lucky. So I, w- I was very blessed to have a lot of time with my kids all the way through. And they would come to, the, and they got older, they came to the gallery. And then when we closed my gallery in Aspen, uh, then I opened a gallery in Basalt for Ancor Logos. And then the kids went to school just a block away. And they would walk there at the end of the day and do their homework and have snacks. would walk over to the, to the local grocery store and uh, just pick up, you know, juice box or some, oh, yeah. some junk food they would always love candy that every day. yeah of course. Can- not That's candy they, but you know it's some, some mac quick and cheese food, quick yeah. mac and cheese whatever what it's cheese Just... sticks and uh so then they would do their homework so i really got a lot of time with my kids i'm very grateful for that that's nice it's nice to have as a parent to have that time you know with your kids especially when they are when they are little because you know when they grow they move and 
you don't spend as much time with them. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing to have the type of job where you can still work. But, you know, so kids at least, you know, if mom works, because I remember when I was an au pair, sometimes in the busy season, right, you would come home at 9, 10 o'clock, right? You had to stay there. So yeah. it was nice for, you know, for them to have somebody at home, right? So they were grateful for that. Gosh, yeah, because I grew up as what they would call a latchkey kid. Um, you know, where you come home to no no parent at the house. You know, they, they isn't that every kid in the seventy or sixty or probably yeah yeah. I mean, you, you watch you know uh, Stranger <laughs> Things or something. It's a pretty standard thing. You come home and there's no parent there, and then we I was two brothers and the three of us would you know destroy. The you house. know, we 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 would raid the uh, cupboards and the cereal boxes or whatever we ate, and then and then proceed to try to kill each other for the rest of the afternoon until mom got home. <laughs> Wait, what was that one time you guys broke the glass? You locked out your brother? Oh, they locked me out. It was me. So that, there was some cousins over, and they, I was, I don't know, nine or ten years old or something, and they locked me out of the house. And uh, so I ran around the house trying all the doors and windows, and they'd laugh at me, you know, it makes you crazy. And I kicked the, the sliding glass door, and that's before they had safety glass invented or cared about life or whatever, and it just, <laughs> it broke and cut the shit out of my legs. Oh. <laughs> mom comes home, all of a sudden they regretted their <laughs> decisions. They could take me to the hospital or whatever. Oh, but, uh, my brother. God. That's what big brothers do. Oh, yeah. God. That's what big boy, kids do. Boys, yeah. three boys. Oh, my God. I feel for any parent with three boys. So, yeah. And here we are. So, uh, to move forward in time, so we, we would... Uh, occasionally joke seriously about why we couldn't you know here's these artists why can't we make our own art and cut out the middle band and we were joking but not joking because we were both artists in our hearts and um and and we would come up with names we'd say uh that's a it's a russian artist a russian artist and we would say her name is i need a check or it's a it's a, it's a, a Spanish, it's a Spanish artist. Joquiero dinero. Yeah, so, you know, it's, you know, we would joke. <laughs> we were laughing, but, we were, but, but it was a, an evolution that began. And, and, um, and there's a lot of truth in jokes. I mean, that's what makes them funny, right? Mm. So, uh, 2004, 2005, I had this, um, I had these ideas in my head that were just wanting to come out. And um, I shared some ideas with Jay, and he said, why don't you go into the garage? And at the time, I had no air conditioning, no heating, but um, I would work during the day at the gallery, and I would come home at night, and I would work. And I started using materials and sharing ideas with Jay, and it started evolving my um, ideas into the physical world. I wanted images to float, and so Jay said, well, technology's come available. Let's try this and try this. So we started collaborating together, and... That's where I had my first show. Ingrid's glossing over it because she's uh, very modest. But this was a difficult time for our family, quite frankly. It was uh, about 2004. That's right. And um, Ingrid was very unsettled, if you want to call it a midlife crisis or something, or just the artist was screaming to get out. And I think that's true of all artists. There's a, if that creativity doesn't come out, it's like a, it, it rots inside of us. It becomes poisonous. And so she needed an outlet for her creativity. And so she was desperately unhappy. And, and when she asked for a space, you know, you, you have space, and I don't even have a place to do anything. And so we had a, a third garage, if you will. I stored art in there uh, for the gallery. And I said, well, you know, I never care about Ingrid desperately in our marriage. And so I emptied that room out. It's the size of a one-car garage, if you can imagine that. And I just emptied it completely out. And we bought a a Berber carpet, put it down so it wouldn't be so cold and 
you know, horrible on a concrete. I put a desk in there and an easel and... Oh, so happy. And just said, go for it. And, I, and, and I promised to leave her alone and just say, do whatever you have to do. And it took a long time. It took about, I mean, fully, it took about two years. The evolution it, of the work. Yeah, yeah, evolution. And I didn't bother her. I was good about that and took care of the kids in the evening so she could do that. And she would stay up many nights, um, stay out there. And, you know, I'd peek out through the window and see the light on and go, well, she's okay. She's alive. <laughs> and... Um, it was difficult, though, because she was so frustrated, and, and, the, and the process was incredibly challenging, and, and then eventually had a breakthrough. Um, you know, and I'll let you describe that, right, with the transparent images, how to present yeah. them. Yeah, I wanted to have the image float, and I talked about that before, but I wanted them to create like an apparition, yeah. bring them back from the past. But m- m- my main thing about going into this piece this, I mean, to my work, was I wanted to create a mood, and I wanted to create mystery, because it's so few of that in the world. Um, it's always immediate gratification. And I wanted you to lose yourself when you looked into it. And so all these ideas, and then I wanted to grab inspirations from composers and musicians and from artists and from people that inspire me and people that have gone through. I mean, there were so many things in my mind. And a lot of it was the muse, I feel it was, just saying, this is what you got to bring forth. How can I do this? And so, you know, when I started sharing these ideas with Jay, um, it, it evolved into something, and something came, it came the, the, the materials that I needed to bring forth came, it came, to, came to us. And um, so, you know, it was, it was just, so it's this process. So we scheduled the show and said, because I... You know, I saw the work, obviously, by this point. said, this is really cool. We gotta, let's show it at the gallery. We have a gallery. We have an artist. Who, who, you know, you, can you show your own work? Who makes these rules? Of course you can. And uh, Ingrid had showed one of her earliest pieces, and it sold. But it wasn't the transparent work that you see now. It was a, uh, a swan with painting on, the, on, on, the, on top of it. And, um, and it sold. And uh, she's like, wow, maybe people do like it. And so she created a body of work. And let me tell you, her pieces are large. So they're four and five feet works of art. And it was about 12 or 15 paintings. In this, She's creating these huge pieces in this one-car garage, <laughs> moving <laughs> these things around. It is, it's a monumental uh, undertaking in this tiny space. And so she created a full one-person exhibition and we, uh, we, we, I think we did it about nine months, six, six to nine months ahead plan, which is a mm. very short time for an artist. Uh, July 7th, 2007, 777. And Lucky of course, number. the opening was at 7 p.m. PM. Oh. So it was all sevens. So lucky seven. And we released butterflies. And we released uh, monarch butterflies uh, yeah. into, the, uh, into the reception. It was beautiful. But two days before, like a typical uh, opening, you bring the art in, so you, you know, take the old, the old art down, and then you clear the gallery, and then you lay the pieces out. So we're laying out the pieces to see where they're going to go, and a collector walks in, uh, Lester Smith, who passed recently, wonderful collector, wonderful man, and, uh, and his wife, uh, Sue, Sue Smith, from Houston. And they, they walked in, and Lester goes, what? He just was so excited to see something completely different and he's wealthy oil uh, person and he just walked around he said i'll take that one that one that one that one that one he bought seven seven pieces yeah. seven and um yeah. oh i didn't that's right 
seven pieces. And he said, and, and after he said, I'll take them, he said, how much? Nobody does that. They say, how much? And then they decide what they want to buy. He said, and how much? And he said, well, uh, well, we'll give you a discount. He goes, I don't want a discount. I want you to thrive. And he was, you know, God bless his soul. It was a, just a generous kind. He had so much art. And, and he so, wanted of to course, I'm feeling, artist. I'm feeling like, oh God, he feels sorry for me. That's why he's buying the art. And and then didn't didn't he say something to me? He said, I said, because I says, I said, thank you. I said, you didn't have to do this. He goes, Ingrid, he goes, I'm not buying the art because I feel sorry for you, honey. He goes, I'm buying it because I love it. <laughs> I was like. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was so People excited. really like my work. And so I was like, okay. And then we had um, Brad and Penny Place. They're one of my biggest collectors now. They have, I think, about 28 pieces. That's right. But he bought my one of my first ones that was I was still working on it. It wasn't even framed. It wasn't even there. He said, what is your favorite piece? I said, usually it's the one that I'm working on at that moment. Right. Because I'm trying to release something and I am challenging myself. So that's, and so he bought that piece and it was a, It's a vertical piece of Eve. Uh, and then some other people came in, and we had sold the whole show before we even got so it this, installed. By, by the second day, the day prior to the opening, the entire show was sold out. It was an available piece in the reception. So uh, we hung the show, all the red dots, everybody came in, and we just had a party. We didn't have to and sell, keep, we didn't have to work, we just well, enjoyed our, our success. And it was nice because um, collectors and artists, artist friends that I know, they go, Ingrid, I had, when did you do this? I, I had no idea you were doing this. And I said, I go, I just didn't share it with the world. I don't, sh- I just wanted to, s- it was me trying to release something and set it free. And some people came in, they said, I had no idea this was inside you. And I said, okay, well, you know, thank you. <laughs> I guess it's a compliment. And then th- that's where our, um, our life as an artist began. We decided that, okay, so the children were, they had their playroom, as you know, as I know, and we just said, we're going to turn that into mama's studio. And then that, that that evolved. And what a beautiful thing, though, because when I realized this is what I'm going to be doing and it's my purpose and I'm going to have, you know, Jay here helping me, we, it, more, it gets got more and more as, as we evolved. I was grateful because I could be at home. I could go do the laundry, come back and then go into the studio and work on the piece. Say, okay, I need to step away. I need to go get dinner ready. So there was this balance of being at home life and creating art. And it was so exhilarating. It's just Again, and I say this, when you find your purpose here in this world, it you complete yourself and that void is filled mm-hmm. and you realize, ah, let's just in this do do what you're here for and everything else falls into place beautifully. There are always gonna be challenging times, of course, when you have families and children, but um, it's just been a fun, and, fun and the, life. And the universe uh, leads you where you're supposed to go, whether you want to or not. And yes. so so th- so Ingrid's work was immediate success, and then she continued to work, and then had a show in uh, in Laguna Beach short, that ne- that next year. And the art, her art, was selling at the gallery. Probably half of the art, or, or financially, was supporting the gallery. So in 2008, the world—I don't know if you guys are too young for this—but 2008, though, we remember. The, you remember. So basically, the, the world collapsed, and or the financial world unraveled and uh, people weren't coming to Aspen this gallery that I had at that point for 20 years nearly 20 years um, literally had no sales and Ingrid said why is my art you know because we okay as we were joking we got to keep both sides you know and so Ingrid's working it's all being absorbed by the cost of the gallery we aren't seeing anything personal from this it's just supporting this business that's quite frankly was failing 
And it felt terrible for Ingrid. She's like, well, my, my effort is going down the drain. So then um, everything uh, forced us in at the end of 2008, December, January of 2009. Uh, Christmas is the biggest season in Aspen. Mm. It, may not be there, it may not be true anymore. Summer's quite good now. But Christmas was the one season uh, that you could always depend on. You made 20% or 25% of your yearly sales in this two-week period. January 2nd, we had no sales, zero. It had never happened in my, my time in 20 years. And so we were just like, well, I guess that's the end of that. And had a meeting with the landlord and got, worked it out and got out of it. And this that's was the, the best greatest thing we ever did. <laughs> gift to our marriage, to Ingrid's art, to my, my peace of mind. And I loved being at the gallery. I love the clients. I love the collectors. I love, I love art. That will never change. But the stress of having a, an expensive business in Aspen was unbearable, truly was. Was it hard for you, because you've had a gallery for a long time, was it hard for you to let it go? Yes. It was. It was very hard. It was. And, uh, but it wasn't, like I said, the universe decided that this is where you're going. You can kick and scream, or you can take it like a man and move on. And, uh, and I didn't take it like a man. I was very upset and tried a million different ways to get you know, loans and borrow money. And the universe said, nope. And so I, was, I shut every door. And Ingrid said, I'm not going back in. I'm done. I told him I'm done. I said, one door shuts, another will open. I yes. believe in and, and Jay and was, he, he, and it did. He, he, he was, it was hard for him to make that transition. And once we had made it, it was just a breath of fresh air. We realized it was much better that way. And of course, there were always, the challenges were always laid out for us of other ways, but we didn't have that heavy pull on us financially. Mm. Um, and there's, like I said, there's, as an artist, life, you know, there's ups and downs, but it's just much easier um, being at home and creating and not, you know, we, and I have a following now, so it's much different. Yeah, and it was one of those, that certainly was a defining moment, but it was also shortly after that, uh, Ingrid's gallery in Vale, it was Vale. Uh, it was a, a, a client from Denver. Was it, it, Den it was, no, uh, was it was it Denver? Green, oh, it, Greenwood, in Greenwood. Yeah, oh Greenwood Village. Yeah. And and the uh, collector came in and bought uh, five, four or five pieces from a client from Mexico, and they just loved the work. And Ingrid told me, and I was like. This is so exciting. I think that was Vale. That was Vale. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it was in, in I think No, they bought the whole wall. It was like seven, pe seven or eight pieces. And they said, we'll take all of these. And it's like, <laughs> I felt, and I, I still remember this, I felt like a little kid opening presents on Christmas Day. It was like, this is it. Was Let's that? Let's go. And uh, I, had, I had already closed the gallery, and I was... It was working for Ancor Logos. I started her gallery and I became the director and opened the gallery. I was, the, I was doing the same job, but for somebody else. Mm. Um, and I did a great job. The gallery's still there and I'm very proud of it. They're we, doing very well. The same thing with Denver, Wayne Yates. Right, he, exactly. Uh, and it happened again. It's happened many times since. But that was the one where Ingrid and I looked at it and said, let's just do this. Let's just be, let's just make art. We don't need these other jobs that are distracting, taking our time. It's because uh, Ingrid needs my help a lot in her, in her art, and so just go for it. So was that the defining moment for you when when the client came and bought the wall? 
yeah, that was it because, you know, you, you know, we get used to a paycheck, uh, even if it was, I was always worked for myself, except for that short time working for three, I worked for, and for three years, but uh, except for those three years, I'd always worked for myself, so I wouldn't say I would ever depended on a paycheck, mm. but it was still, you had a place, clients came to you, you knew how to do it, it was, it was something that was known to go into the unknown, and to do that was, it's, it's a, it's it's leaping off that it's walking off the edge. If you ever saw Indiana Jones when he goes a leap of faith and he walks, the first one where he walks into the into that valley and you don't know that there's actually a there's actually a bridge there. He can't see it. He takes that first step. It's that. Yeah. And it's it's the most exciting thing. And um, both of it's it's spiritual. It's metaphysical. It's God. Whatever universe. Whatever you want to call it. That's how life works. If you don't do it, it'll never happen. And it was so. Don't let fear. It's so scary. It's we, so wonderful. Yeah. Don't let fear step in, and and exactly. sometimes I have it too. And then and then Jay reminds me, hey, the universe always provides, always has, always. Because if you're doing like you said, you're you're living the life where you're supposed to, they always lend a helping hand. To go a little further on the fear factor, is we have our moments. Because being an artist, it's feast or famine. It's just the nature of that of the career. Okay. Uh, sometimes. You have a great success, which we just had last week with a with a collector in in uh, Dallas, sorry, in uh, Fort Worth. Worth. Uh, she built a hotel and bought a number of pieces. It's a really wonderful, but you also know that there'll be a time where you don't sell something. And we've been right down to the wire to the last <laughs> five bucks in the account. And Ingrid's going, "You gotta go get a job, you know. You, <laughs> you're a man. Get a job. You, you know, this is <laughs> I not don't working." Say it like that. Uh, it's close. <laughs> and she said, "You know, I, I you know, I'm gonna get a job. Somebody's got to get a job here around here." And I go, "Don't you remember? We've been this many times, and and and, and never missed a meal. Never been late on our mortgage payment in almost 30 years. And just go, it'll work out. And it always." does it, and it I, comes from somewhere you don't expect it's yeah. so exciting yeah <laughs> and you got to you know the, the, the word is trust as it does if you're doing what you were meant to be doing it'll work out i believe that bella you how proud are you of your parents i'm so proud that's just how i grew up so that was just normal you know most people grow up with like the dad goes to the office or like the mom and dad both go to the office and they're not around I yeah, just never had that. So I'm grateful. Yeah, I remember when we did the episode with you, your defining moments. It was Isabella shared how, and you've listened to the episode, so you know, but she just said, I think that's why I, not never, because you had nine to five jobs, but she just not drawn to a nine to five job, right? Because she saw how you did it, right? And she, and the creativity, I think, and the inspiration, everything come from you. So that's why she is so creative and done so many creative things. It's because what you see at home, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, like, like that. <laughs> when we were kids, we would like, because she put insects in her art. And so we would go around like drowning wasp so that <laughs> she could put them in her art. Like, it's, our like kids it's to kill animals. <laughs> and she, yeah, and then like certain tops and scarves would go missing and I would see them in the artwork or like Barbie dolls or dolls or things. Yeah. And they would like, Oh, that's where that went. 
So you, so you just tell your kids, steal your kids' dolls. And well, start. it wasn't them. I would blame it on the muses. I was like, they, the muses are the painting is calling for this piece. And so I just was a helping hand and I would just add these pieces to the artwork. So it wasn't my fault. It was the, it was the, it was the piece that I was creating's fault. They were asking for it because the painting are the piece. My piece always tells me what it wants. So I just listen and just go about and do what they ask. And then when I, when I'm done, I literally, I step away and I'm like going, Wow, thank you for the help because I, it's like I have a helping hand. And Jay even says it too. He notices he'll come and he'll see me begin a piece, and then um, you know a couple of days later he's like, I don't know how you do it because there's a mood there, a creation there, and there's a there's a, there's a it, the evolution of it is so wondrous and mysterious and spiritual, and I just love being a part of the whole thing. So when I go to my studio. It's not lonely anymore because I have a lot of helping hands from something higher, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful. It really is. It's a little late to the to the question, <laughs> but for those of you listening who don't know Ingrid's work, it's a uh, it's um, a layered images with uh, objects beneath it. So it's a reverse illusion. At a first glance, it looks like like a, a flat painting with dimension, but it's actually uh, the objects look like it's you know they are dimensional so it, it's you're looking into butterflies and dolls and f- into windows furniture. into another world yeah. into another time and, and there's uh, actual <laughs> butterfly specimens and um, yeah. so I think it's I, I would think if I wasn't on this side of it I'd say it's interesting what okay here's the artist Ingrid's the artist no no, no question there but what does Jay do what's the point of him Okay, so, so, yeah, so. so what does he do that, that matters so much? And I, I, I don't often, because I sit in the back, I'm not interested in having my name on anything. I don't, doesn't, that stuff doesn't mean anything to me. But there's a, a lot of times Ingrid will be working on a piece, and, and I'm the art, I've given myself the title art engineer, because yes. that's what I do. Yes. So Ingrid's working on something, and she comes up with something completely crazy, and, I, and she's saying, she's trying to figure out how to, glue a, a you know a cinder block to a piece of paper and you know hang off a wall and, or something like something equally crazy or no musical box how can you make yeah, it how run? can you make it work outside the outside right. the thing and she starts coming on they said don't tell me about how to make it work just tell me what you want and so so she says okay so one of the pieces was one of my favorites of, from my point of view of creating it's a musical box where the uh, the dancers move around inside uh, there's like two dancers. Is it two or just one dancer? It's two. One... It was a musical box that my my twin sister got in Italy. She gave it to me as a gift, and it went behind one of the, the pieces of the face. queen, the the Russian princess. And you see it behind the face moving around. And yeah, so, but it was called "Tis But a Brief Moment on This Mortal Stage," and that was actually Jay's title. Just you know, Jay, you come up with all these I come beautiful. Up, yeah, that's he comes up with all these beautiful titles, as long as well as creating the shadow boxes and the frames, yeah, the and the structure, heart, the structure and, of it, yeah, so they they can work because they're very complicated inside, and you don't see that necessarily. That's my goal. So this music box is is working. It's a working. These dancers are dancing behind the woman's face, the queen's face, and so her face changes as the dancers go by. How do you make this thing work inside a closed, sealed frame? And uh, so I had extended the, you know, the winding mechanism come out the top of the piece. It's so cool. And just wind it up. You wind it up and they dance and there's music comes out and it works. And so that's my job is she comes up with an idea and, and sometimes asks me, how does it look? But I've learned to keep my mouth shut till it's done because creative process is very fragile. And if you 
uh, for anybody who lives with an artist. Uh, if they ask for advice, just say, I'll tell you when it's done. <laughs> because it's so fragile, it's like a soap bubble. And if you touch it, if, you, if, you, if the artist uh, loses their hold on it, you can destroy that process. So I, she, I go into her studio, I have to get something. She says, oh, what did you think about my latest piece? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I nod or I say, mm-hmm. I don't say good, bad, nothing. Because I don't want to break that, that precious flow. It's a gift. And sometimes I'm not in love with it when I see it. I don't say that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, I'll come back when it's done, and it's the best piece. And I'm mystified. How did you do that? And um, it's amazing. We're going to take a break to give a shout out to our favorite sponsor. Ingrid D. Magidson is a world-renowned international artist based in Aspen, Colorado. She creates layered mixed media and abstract art. She's inspired by the beauty and nature in pieces from the Renaissance era. We are thrilled to have Ingrid D. Magidson as our sponsor, and we encourage you to support her incredible work. If you want to learn more about this artist, go visit her at www.ingridmagidson.com. Again, that's www.ingridmagidson.com. Now let's get back to the show. You know, you said something interesting when you live with an artist. And I wish I talked to you, Jay, when I met my husband, who is an artist as well. Yes. He's a photographer, right? So something you mentioned when Ingrid started creating, right? Like she would go to her studio. She would stay up all night. And so Roy does that too, right? He would stay up all night and he, he's, he does photography and videos and all of that. But like, and he works on this photograph and just, you know, and I, and now I think about it, how selfish I was because I would, I would bother him, right? And I wish I talked to you before and I say, why are you up all night? Why are you up? And I'll tell you one of the main reasons why I did it in the middle of the night, because everyone was asleep. The world was asleep and it was my time and I, my sh- chakras or my heart and spirit would just open up and that's where the muses would come in and you just as a collaboration everyone was quiet everyone was asleep sometimes I'd walk outside and take a breath of fresh air look up at the stars and I'd thank the universe and I was just I would go back but it was this whole song and dance with something beyond and that's and the artists feel that and when when everyone is asleep in the house your family when they're asleep it's quiet but you can, mm. yeah, it's, and, but it really, we'll hear this from many, many artists. Most yeah. artists probably have that feeling. Because mm-hmm. even the, even if you work in, in a studio and, and it's soundproof, and, but it's the middle of the day, you can feel the energy of the world. the world. During the day, people are moving around and they're working and they're uh, driving or commuting or eating or whatever they do. People are very active and you feel the activity. And, um, or like people so, are calling you or something, right? Yeah, you know, people the, yeah, need things from you, right? Sure. So, so, but, but, so, but that changed because I wanted to create a healthier lifestyle for me. So I no longer stay up at night, mm-hmm. and I go into my studio and create when I want to, and my and I open up to it when I want to, and it, it's always there for me. Creativity is available when you choose to. I put on my music. Like I said, I do my mantras, I do my, I wake up in the morning, I do my meditation, I do my yoga, and then I light a candle when I go in there, and I put my mantras on, and my music that's, and I just, and I start working, and then it just, I create the energy, and it flows. There's, there's no rule, but at the time, that's what had worked best for me, mm. um, but I knew that it wasn't something that I could continue as I get older, and I wanted to continue it in a healthy way. 
and in a happy way and, and, and be awake and not close. Because I would, there were times when I would sleep sometimes for days just to catch up on the sleep. I was like, that's not, that's so cliche. I want to be, I want to be healthy. I want to be, I want to, I want to be an inspiration for, for my children and for my husband and, and create a routine. So when you find a healthy routine, it's very important. My purpose is to be in my studio and create. That's why I'm here. And I know that now, and that's my gift. And I'm doing it with my best friend, my husband. And we're having so much fun together. You, you brought up, um, you know, uh, talking to Roy when he was working. And, uh, and every artist faces this. Art is a lonely, lonely job. Whether you're a musician writing music or a, a, a visual painter or writer. And so you're balancing these ideas in your head and any interruption breaks that. You're right there and you break that, that, that connection. Uh, if you're thinking, writing's a great example. You're writing a, a sentence and you're right there, oh, you know, Joe says something and, and the phone rings or somebody opens a door and it's lost. Mm-hmm. You can get it back usually, but not always. Sometimes it's lost forever. And so what Ingrid and I would do, because I, I understand the process, because I'm a writer, and um, she would um, she would be in there, and I knew better than to bother her because she's hate my guts. So I would, <laughs> so I, I would, uh, yeah. I, I would write poems to her, and it would be one or two in the morning. And, and the way our house is situated is, you can see through the sliding glass door from our kitchen, you can see her studio, and you can see the lights on. She'd have the doors locked and the shades pulled, so I wouldn't bother. Her. And I would <laughs> see this on at two in the morning. I go, well, I gotta make sure she's alive in there. So I would write, I would write a poem because I couldn't sleep. I was worried about her. So I would write a poem, and she would maybe get it right away, or maybe the next day, maybe not. And uh, so she would write back, oh, thanks, or maybe she would comment, maybe not. We have all those. It's a, it's a difficult time. That it's was difficult. years ago, and, but a lot of those poems, we put them into my first book, working right. on the second one now, and a lot of those O's, those words that Jay wrote were so beautiful and so poetic that I have put them into my titles and my pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say, honey, what should we title this? Because Jay comes up with the most beautiful words and the meanings to my work, and sometimes he'll write poems about them. So it's just a fun so, collaboration, so beautiful when, collaboration. When I'm thinking about Irina and her husband, Roy. Roy's an artist. So what this did is force me to reach into my creative spirit which always feel good. And maybe it's your turn, Irene, as instead of breaking his creative time, is add to it with yours. And that's what we did. And so what turned out to be a, a difficult time for me, like you're, you're not giving me your, you know, your attention. And sure, it's, you could be jealous of artists because they're focused for days on end on, on a task. And you could feel lonely from that. So I reached out through my art and I was the beneficiary because mm-hmm. I got to express my creativity. And that is the greatest gift you can give yourself, your soul. I can't tell you how great it feels. Everyone understands that that creates. Yeah. You lose time, which is a gift. That is the best advice. It's so artsy-fartsy. Right? We went so deep. It's cool because feel like growing up I was numb to it but then getting away you realize that man dad is usually at the office and the mom cooks and cleans and all that and it was cool to grow up where it was like I know my mom is like the 
name for the art, but you guys really work together to make the art. You know, it's yes. not possible without one. You know, you have ideas, but they're not possible. And I remember my dad saying, like, I love, like, figuring out ways to make it work. So it's really cool. And my dad's a writer, and he wrote Threshold of the Mind. And I feel like I never really got into it. And then in college, I was college is hard. And I remember... I always loved reading and then I stopped reading in college because they make you read textbooks and they suck. But <laughs> remember, I, re- I read your book when we were on vacation and I got into reading again. And that was like so cool. I love hearing that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, Jay's an amazing artist and also a funny story that right. I don't know if I ever told you. So I've known them for a long time and um, Jay used to help me fix my computer. And so one time my computer broke and I brought it to the gallery. It was also like on the verge of you closing or you were like your last days. And I brought and I said, because I called you and said, yeah, I can fix it. But then I come to the gallery and you said, just so you know, it's going to take me a while. I said, oh, that's okay. I don't need it. But I was like, well, what am I going to do? Right. And he goes, well, you can read. And so (laughs) I wasn't, I also like now I love reading, but before I wasn't. And so, and so I think I came to your house and Jay gave me a bunch of different books, right? And I just fell in love with reading and I, and I am till this day, I love reading. And uh, we're going to put Jay's books on, on the description because he's an amazing artist and writer and he writes amazing, amazing books that makes you think. So, um, so apparently both of us became lovers of reading because of Jay. Wow, yeah. wow that's a great compliment. Yeah. The best. <laughs> I just had my defining moment. There you go. That's what this podcast is all about. Right, just now. Yeah. Bringing us back to reality, away from technology. I know. That's, that's, Stories. that's the best. Okay, well, we've been talking for a long time. So to wrap it up, Ingrid and Jay, what do you guys have exciting going on? You mentioned something about the book, the second book. I don't know how much you can say about this, but you can. If you can, you can say about this. Or what do you have? What, what exciting stuff you have going on? So uh, Ingrid and I uh, produced a book in 2013. It's a beautiful book. We're very proud of it. And uh, it's Ingrid's art and my, uh, my, some poems, my poems and some poems. And, uh, it's called the madness of the muse. Madness of the muse. Yes. Uh, after uh, Plato, a uh, famous quote from Plato, and then a uh, and then there's wonderful quotes that we both get to choose. We both, I think, many people love quotes. They inspire us, and there's some terrific ones in there. Um, it's ten years ago, so it's time for a new book. So we begin working on it. The challenge is Ingrid's work has uh, evolved quite a bit. And now she produces. Uh, uh, abstract work with uh, sculptural elements on the outside, always dimensional. That's Ingrid's. Or, or butterflies. Or butterflies, objects. You know, they're, they're dimensional. They're not flat the way an abstract would be. And, and her layered work. And um, so how do you incorporate these two different so we're working seemingly right disparate, disparate um, art subjects in one book? So we're going to do that. It's going to maybe... Uh, well, if you open it one way, it's abstract. If you open it the other way, it's the layered work. Yeah. It'd be fun. Um, and, we, and it's going to, the working title is A Love Affair with Art, which is, you can, two ways. It's a love affair, Ingrid and I, or, and then art, with art, or it's a love affair where we love art. So you can interpret it both ways. And uh, that's hope to have this put together by the end of 2023. 
Right. And, mm -hmm. and then publish by early next year, 2024. And then as far as um, creating work, I have um, several commissions in the work mm -hmm. um, with wonderful collectors that continue to add to their collection. And I'm grateful. Um, I have shows lined up um, at hopefully the Dallas Museum. Um, it's Dallas Museum of Biblical Arts. Nice. Um, so that... And, and also working year. with and the also, Denver Art Museum, we're trying to work with that. And, and as also well. the, uh, um, well, it's in Spanish, uh, the gallery, of, what is it, Fundacion uh, Black Coffee in, in uh, Oaxaca, Mexico. He's a big collector. And uh, Benjamin. He, Benjamin uh, Fernandez has opened, uh, is, start, is financing a museum there. Uh, he has several of Ingrid's pieces. So, and yeah. so that's hopefully next year. So we can share, I can share and my also, work. And also, uh, Bowie House in uh, Fort Worth. Um, the hotel will open next month, October. And uh, I think to the public, uh, early December to 2023. Okay. And January, they'll have a grand opening, and much of Ingrid's work will be there, especially in the lobby. And uh, they are an art hotel. A beautiful boutique, one of the finest in Fort Worth. I'm so grateful. And that was from another collector that's been following me, and I'm so glad we reconnected. And just, I'm just grateful people reach out to us um, throughout our t lives. And I mean, throughout this time, as we've gotten, as we've evolved, and they've come to us and said, oh, I have one of your pieces from earlier, and I want to continue to add. So that's yeah. wonderful. The so, relationship you build, and they keep, keep growing, coming, you know? Keep coming back and continuing to add to their collection. And yeah. what, uh, where can people find you? Do you, you are, I know your social media and your website. It's oh. very simple. Uh, 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 it's the. I want to give a shout out to my daughter, oh. Isabella Magidson. She does my social media, so she's good at that. So Isabella, where do they find me? Oh, <laughs> yes, I can do that. Do the website first. The website is www.ingridmagidson.com. That's it. com. We'll have that in the description. You can go follow her on her Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Thank you for being on a podcast. Thank you for supporting us. And uh, I'm very proud to be, to be part of your family and part of your artistic journey. And you are just very inspirational to me and so many people. Thank you, Irina. Thank you, Isabella. Thank you, Irina. Thank you, Isabella, for having us. Thank you so much. I love you guys. You're my parents. Thanks for inspiring me. Oh. And being you. Thank you. And on that note, I am Irina. And I'm Isabella. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.